This is Don't Panic, episode number 372, recorded October 23rd, 2023. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that sometimes talks about technology. I'm Sean Jennings, joined by two guys who would rather fly to opposite ends of the continent than spend time with me on the podcast. It's Colby <laughs> Rabideau and Dan Miller. Good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Good Sean. evening. Good evening, indeed. I hope you waved to each other as you flew past one another, uh, crisscrossing this great nation of ours. I had a blast uh, stalking you on Flighty. Right. Uh, when I would look down at my phone and go, oh, no. Oh, right. So you oh, got to no. see that my flight was canceled. I saw yours. I saw his diversion. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that wherever, was weird. Wherever he ended up. And I just look, it's like, Colby's flight has been diverted. I'm like, what? Oh, no. And <laughs> yeah, I just went about my there? day. So so it wasn't, it wasn't diverted in the air. It was diverted before. And so I <laughs> guess they, the captain explained it to us uh that's the cap. Basically, we had to stop for gas um, in Milwaukee to get to for all the way to to California from Boston. And it was because uh, at Logan or Airport in Boston, there are four runways and two of the runways are pretty long. Two of the runways are pretty short. And. It just so happened that the day I was flying, trying to fly to California, uh, they were doing construction on the intersection of the two long runways. And so as a result, the two long runways are closed. And as a result of like planes, you know, the heavier the plane is, the longer a runway it needs to take off. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever plane coordinator did the math on our plane and realized that, like, completely full plane uh, trying to go all the way to the West Coast, like, there's not enough runway to take off with enough gas to get to California. So they, they either had to boot 20 people off the flight, 20 people's worth of gas, or <laughs> stop somewhere on the way. So, and I guess So I was guess this they a non-stop somewhere on the way? Yeah, yeah, it was supposed to be a non-stop. So did they load it up with less gas? Yeah, to I think make I, it easier to take off. I see. Right. I I think that is the that is what they did. Is they they, you know, they filled the tank halfway or whatever huh. so they could take off on the short runway and then we stopped in Wisconsin. That's uh, interesting. To get more. Yeah. Did you did you deplane or they just rolled up gassed it and you rolled out? Nope. We landed in Milwaukee. We rolled up to the gate. Uh they like opened the door. We we heard the flight attendants ask the person at the door if they had more soap because someone stole the soap off of the plane. <laughs> uh and then uh I Honestly, we were probably only there for like we were only sitting there for like twenty five or thirty minutes, and then they closed the door and we took off again. <laughs> Honestly, that's like, pretty all, good for a layover, right? All in all, we are we are only really an hour later than we than we were supposed to be. We were supposed to land around noontime. We landed around one instead. Wow, it was just super weird. <laughs> that's a that was even more interesting than I thought it was going to be. 
Right, right. It was very specific. Um, but it was, I got, I got the flighty notification like 15 minutes before they said anything or anyone else got any notification. So I was like, something's happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's pretty fast. I don't, how does it know in the thing I wonder, how does it know what the baggage claim baggage claim? baggage carousel how does it know the baggage thingy to send you to is that like because that's not like when i think of the public flight data i think of like the elon musk jet tracker but you know uh, is there some other api it's using to get the baggage claim thing i'm curious what that is but yeah yeah it's i mean you can go up to the when you get off the plane if you go up to the arrivals board it says it on there oh yeah, yeah yeah It must be part of whatever API is But it's is so fast. That. Like when I turn my phone on uh, when I land, it's already telling me where to go to baggage claim, which is Yeah, which I wonder if crazy. they assign it when you take off, not when you land. Maybe, yeah, that's maybe. a good one. Yeah. Yep. Yep, it's great. Um, yeah, I also flew in the opposite direction to Iceland. It's only an eight-hour flight from Seattle to Iceland, which is not, not terrible. terrible. Um, that's like, you know... New York to to Germany or something like that. Uh, and I told them that my flight was delayed 12 hours, but it was actually the best case scenario because uh, this was the only direct flight. And I think if this had been, well, I've had this happen before. If this had been a domestic flight, they'd have been like, well, let's cancel. Go fuck yourself. Hopefully you can get on another flight, but no skin off our backs if you don't. This, mm-hmm. this plane's got to be somewhere else. We don't have time to wait for Iceland. This plane's got doing Fort Lauderdale. Um, no, this plane had nowhere else to be except Iceland. So it just waited, which was great. And then also I could have done connecting flights for a little bit cheaper. And if I had, I found out the next day I would have been trapped in like, you know, Dresden, Germany or something like that. Right. Cause you would have taken off. Yeah. Yes. And then I'd have been there for 12 hours, which would have been much worse. Um, especially because I probably wouldn't have had like the right power adapter, all sorts of crazy shit, which I've, I've forgotten more times. I've forgotten a power adapter more times when I flew internationally than I've remembered one. So I have like six uh, European power adapters now. But yeah, that happened. But it was it was all okay. The wind was pretty crazy. I didn't tell them before the show that on the way back, I was in the Iceland airport. And the Iceland airport was very nice. Uh, deceptively nice given the fact that we had to deplane president style the first time we showed up just the the gangway no no terminal you get off on the tarmac and walk to a bus uh and there's this you know you know you can like find the corners of the airport where there are no flights leaving and then that's like that's better than an airport lounge frankly there's no food but it's completely deserted so i was there they had very fast wi-fi i've noticed all the european airports have very fast wi-fi had power. I was having a blast. I was like, okay, well, I know I have to go through passport control to get to like where all the international flights are leaving from. So I guess I'll head over there a couple hours, like maybe two hours before my flight was leaving. So go to the passport control. That's fine. Walk through. It is like a gulag on the other side. Like I can send you these photos. There was, it was almost like a backpacks off kind of subway situation, but the entire terminal. So what it was was a hallway, a very long hallway. Um, well, it was a wide hallway, except 
half, you know, a third on each side was gated off because that's, you can only go through those areas if you've scanned your boarding pass and you're boarding the flight. In front of each of those is a little glass fence, like that could fit maybe 20 people um, to line up, you know, to go get on the plane. But there's 10, 15 gates in this area and there's more than 20 people on all these flights. And you look around the board and it's like, uh, you know, London, 415, New York, 420, uh, Chicago, 430. Like, why all these planes are leaving within 30 minutes of each other? It was nuts. Hmm. Uh, and, of course, you have to get on a bus again and drive out to the middle of nowhere. It was crazy. Um, but then, so we were flying back. And it was cool flying back because you fly basically kind of over the Arctic Circle. So you look down and it, there were no clouds. It was just it was like Hoth. It was just snow <laughs> everywhere, snow and mountains. It was really cool. Uh, and then we're landing and in Seattle, the clouds are super low at this time of year. So you, you get into the clouds and that's how you know you're almost there. And then I feel this like f- extreme G-force pressure and we are like heading back up, even though I oh. can't see anything out the window. I don't It's hard to tell what's going on. And I was like, oh, you know, I got to go around for the second pass. That happens. And then I noticed the woman next to me was thrown up. <laughs> and I was like, but she managed to get it into the bag. And I had never nice. seen someone use one of those bags before. Wow. I thought they were like, you know, Bibles in hotel rooms, just kind of vestigial <laughs> remnants of some culture long past. Back from when um, planes were bumpy or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen someone <laughs> even reach for one. But then I was like, oh, shit, should I be scared? This woman is clearly freaked out. Should I, I wasn't freaked out. Should I be now? Um, but then I was curious, Colby, because I, I, I noticed in this moment, because then, you know, the captain goes like, oh, well, uh, attention, folks. We've got to take another pass here at the old runway. It should only be about five, ten minutes, and we'll get you on the ground. It's like... They have the best bedside manner. They should all be doctors. But they also are so good at like calming people down while dis- like disclaiming nothing about what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It was th- that the case? Like, did you have to piece this together, Colby? Or it sounds like your your pilot actually explained what was going on. Honestly, like he took like three tries at explaining what was going on in in. So in the airport, I this has never happened before, but in the airport, like at the gate, the pilot came out of the plane and got on the speaker and like explained what was happening. Um, And like that explanation was like, I think maybe if you were a pilot, you would have understood but none of us were a pilot. So like, I don't, at least I certainly didn't make the connection that like the runways were under, like the runways being under construction meant we couldn't use the long runway. And like that, you know, was the reason we didn't have enough fuel to get to Milwaukee. Um, uh, Basically all I got was like runway construction, like the wind, we have to stop for gas. <laughs> like, okay. Um, but <laughs> okay, then interesting. Right. Then once, once we took off, he kind of explained, he, he tried to explain again and it didn't help me very much more. But then when we landed, when we were sitting in Milwaukee, he like explained a third time. And now that, that was the time I put it together where I was like, <laughs> Oh, the long runway is closed. 
and like you need you know you need a long runway for a heavier plane and the plane is heavier when you have enough gas to get to right the west coast it's like okay i get it i, I wonder if you would have been better off just saying uh sorry folks due to some unforeseen circumstances we're gonna have to make a stop in milwaukee right <laughs> right right everyone would be like oh, okay <laughs> right sure I, honestly it seemed like he was surprised he was kind of surprised by the whole situation as well like it it did not seem mm-hmm. like a like he didn't have a rehearsed uh, spiel for this. It was like, right. uh, like uh, doesn't normally like, happen, right? Right. Yeah. This has never happened before, sort of thing. But I have two made. two additional Icelandic facts from my trip that are, are kind of interesting. Um, one was that talking to some Icelandic tech nerds, I was there for a conference, and you know we get to talking about the internet as you do and they reveal that iceland a country of less than 400,000 people has multiple fiber internet providers in at every address in the entire country basically unless you're really out in the boonies if you're living in a town you have multiple options which blew my mind and i was like brooklyn has more than four hundred thousand people and, and we and you were lucky if you had one you were legitimately statistically lucky if you had one um so that was interesting one yeah yeah it's like not uncommon not to have one um well, boston has I mean, more than four hundred thousand people i have to their whole country is it? about how big is Iceland? that's like the size of virginia isn't it I don't know. Uh, the ma- That's where the map gets a little deceptive up there in the edges, so I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I think some, somewhere right in, in that. It's like a state size, so... Hmm, interesting. But how many people live in Virginia? I don't know. That's a good question. How many people live in Virginia? We're in the, the host of Don't Panic Google things. 8.6 million people. Ah, see, so there you go. That's big difference. A big difference. Big difference. Um, it was, uh, the other interesting thing was that the conference was held at the university and it was funny cause the day before I was like, okay, it was kind of like when we got on that boat in the Faroe Islands, Colby, or we were trying to find it. I was like, it says that the conference is held at the university, but where in the university? How am I supposed to, it's no building. <laughs> it's just it just says a room number. Yeah. So I was like, well, Okay. I guess I'll sh- I'll show up at the university and maybe it's just extremely well signed or something. And I I'm walking towards the university and I I get to where it says it's the university and there's this huge giant circular building like the Maris Rotunda times 30 in size, truly massive. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll go in here. And then as soon as I walked in, there's like signed like you know, someone sharpied on like a a poster board, tech meet up. It's like, oh, okay. They did it. But then I come to find out this university is contained entirely within this one building. Every school, every classroom, every office, every like gym, the pool, it's all within this one huge circular building, uh, which makes sense in Iceland. It's really goddamn cold. You don't want to go outside. You're not going to be hanging out on the quad. Uh and yeah, it was that was really interesting. And then another fact I learned is that the university was founded in the like late 80s, pretty recently, by the Icelandic Chamber of Commerce because they're like, we need workers. Oh. Uh, and it's Iceland's, I think, only university, um, certainly the largest. 
did they try to recruit you? The university? Yeah, to try and stay. They didn't no. want you to leave? No, I don't think so. Um, ooh, no, there are multiple universities in Iceland, including one called the Bifrost University. That sounds so cool. Bifrost. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That sounds like one of those, you give them the money and you get a printout, a certificate. A little suspicious. Oh, interesting. There's Reykjavik University. That's where I was. But there's also University of Iceland, which is the oldest. So I guess there was one before before this one. Wow. Interesting stuff. Iceland. How many times have you been to Iceland now? Now, this is only my second time. Um, also, while I was there, there was a like arctic treaty international arctic treaty conference happening with all sorts of ambassadors and stuff um that's cool so uh, but i didn't know that all i knew is i was in a coffee shop one morning doing some work and a lot of people there but not all but a lot are i presumably speaking icelandic they're not speaking english um but it was interesting the words that like that they spoke in english like one of them was arctic they would say Arctic hmm. in, in English. I was like, that's so odd because Iceland is in the Arctic Circle. You, this is like, it's not like a made up word that got popularized in America that was never had an Icelandic equivalent. You'd think it would. But then this morning I was thinking maybe they don't have a word for it because this is this is what it is. You know, like, do you, you know, does do countries, do people, does like Asian countries have a word for Asia that it means Asia to other people? No, it probably is just like where we are. Um, so maybe they don't have a word for Arctic, which I thought was kind of interesting. Hmm. Or is it one of the word like patio, like a, a word from another language we adopted? Arctic? Yeah, is that how you say Arctic in Icelandic? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's actually an Icelandic word and we've been saying it. We've appropriated it. <laughs> that would be really funny. From the Greek no, word arctos, uh, meaning bear. To, let's see. Late Middle English via Old French from Latin, arcticus, or from the Greek, arcticos. So, yeah. No. But it was, it was cool to be in Iceland and it was cool to... To travel again, I think the thing that I didn't realize that I had been missing, because I think since like 2014, I've traveled internationally almost every year until 2019 or through 2019. Uh, But the thing I didn't realize that I missed about it was that like that the, the easy things become harder, not necessarily hard, but harder. So I show up, I realize I don't have one of the stupid adapters. Uh, and so the first thing I did was I went to the front desk. I was like, do you know, have, or know where I could get one of these adapters? And they were like, nope. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> cool. Um, it's like, I could wander around the city, but it's like already five 30. And so I Googled where to get one of these. And someone said, go to the hardware store. It's like, okay. So I trudge over to the hardware store. Everything in Reykjavik is at most 30 minutes. a walk away from where you are right now. Nice. Uh, and I walk into the hardware store, but the hardware store is not one of these places that expects to cater to tourists. So there are no English subtitles on on anything. And also the, the hardware store looks like no hardware store I've ever been in. It looks more like an Ikea showroom where it's like, <laughs> it's less about like, you know, you, in Home Depot, it's like, here's an aisle and there's just boxes of screws. Um, but there's no, there's no demonstration of like, here's what you could do with these screws. It's like, this is just screws. Here it was like, Here's the kitchen 
area and here's the living room area and here's the electronics area. And I was like, where, where would I find the plugs? Would it be in the living room section or the, so I had to ask someone, of course they spoke flawless English and, and directed me. But I, I, afterwards I was like, I do miss, that is kind of fun. Like it's not high stakes. I'm not going to die. I had more than enough battery on my laptop to charge it for another day. It would have been fine, but it was sort of an interesting challenge. Yeah, got you out, got you exploring. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember, Colby, now that I remember that you were there, do you remember that the area, I think we stayed near the harbor and there wasn't that much going on in the harbor, but there was like a like one coffee shop or something. That is all like uh, uh, newly developed. It's like where all the big box stores are now. Uh, so that's where I went to go to the hardware store. Yeah, I remember there wasn't a ton of stuff around where we stayed. Yeah. I don't remember much else. I remember it being light <laughs> for us so long. Yes. That's about it. Yes. I remember uh, the Blue Lagoon. The Blue Lagoon. Blue oh, here's another thing. Um, coming back, I went through the, I don't know, the internet, you know, U.S. citizens returning to the U.S. process at the airport. There's this new app, which I was extremely skeptical about, but because there was a, a scare where maybe my um, uh, luggage was lost. So I was like, well, I guess there's all these signs. Download the app and it'll go faster. It's like, I might as well. I got nothing else to do. I may as well do that. The MPC mobile passport control app. You know about this, Sean? John, I, sorry, John Shennings. It, it, it will surprise you how I know about it. Because I believe somebody named Colby picked it on the show. Now, I remember Colby picked something <laughs> a while ago and I downloaded it and then I opened that app and it said it was discontinued. Really? Oh, maybe that's it. I don't know. Do you, is this what we're, are we talking I about? I have, the same here thing, are the Colby? two things. I have Mobile Pass. Mobile Pass is discontinued. And then oh. I have this CBP MPC thing, and that is the new thing. Must yeah, Colby did. Colby did mobile passport. Yeah, at mo mobilepassport.us, uh, and he picked that on August twentieth, twenty eighteen. Wow, half half the show's lifetime ago. Actually, now I um, on, time. now I clicked on the link in the pics page, and that redirects to like a fully different website called Airside. I yeah, I have no idea. There might be multiple apps. Um, all I know is that I got to the Seattle International Airport and it told me to download this one. And this app is actually amazing. I was so skeptical. I was like, Jesus Christ! Like, is there any chance I'm going to be able to do all this while I sit here? It is a modern iOS app. Uh, it looks like an iOS app. It feels like an iOS app. You can pre-save all your information. So next time it'll be much easy, much easier. But you, you fill out your, it, so I had nothing in it, right? So I opened up, I'm like, God, how many forms do I have to go through? Tap, tap, tap on my stupid phone. And it's just like, take a photo of your passport. I was like, well, there's no chance that's going to work. It's going to be like, oh, you make sure you're on a light background. No, that's too dark. Oh, move away from light. I was like, I don't have any of that. So I just like was sitting in the area waiting for my luggage. I held up my passport, held up my phone. I was like, 
my thumb was like on it a little bit. I was like, well, whatever. We'll see how this works. And I was like, boom, instantly. Like scanning a QR code instantly. It was like, boom, done. Here you go. All the fields are filled out. And then you just say like, no, six times. I don't have any firearms. I'm not carrying an $800,000 worth of shit. Uh, and you get a QR code and it tells you what to do. It's like, go over here, find the, cause it knows what airport you're at. Find, go to the, this lane. And I went to this lane. There's absolutely nobody in the lane. I walked straight through. I cut everybody in line. I beeped my thing. The guy asked me a duplicate of one of the questions. I answered it and I was through the thing. I was shocked that it, the U.S. government has produced an actually good piece of software. Look, this is the settings page for this app. It's an Ooh, actually legit iOS app. Slick. It, what? That looks amazing. Yeah, I was. I was shocked. <laughs> well, but I, you know, I will say though, you know, flying sucks. It's a bad experience. However, I do feel, at least since the pandemic, the technology side of flying. The TSA side, the airline apps, the third party apps that work with the airlines, I feel have generally been good, like surprisingly good. Um, If it weren't for the flying part of flying, (laughs) I feel like the actual experience of it is shockingly smooth. Yeah. And this um, uh, flight from Iceland to the US had uh, Wi-Fi the whole way. I remember... When I last flew five years ago, if you if you cross the Atlantic Ocean, you had no Wi-Fi in between, at least not <laughs> on the flights I was taking. Definitely not. Um, yeah, it was cool. What is, my? I think I mostly agree with this, except for every JetBlue flight I've taken in the last six months. Like when you take off, you take off, you get to cruising altitude or whatever. And then like 20 minutes later, the internet still doesn't work. And they come on the thing and they're like, uh, yeah, we know the internet isn't working. We're going to try and restart it and see if it works then. And it works then. <laughs> like, like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Can't they just rebuild the restart into the takeoff procedure? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I fully agree. Technology. It's great. I also, I don't, uh, recently this year flying, I had one good experience, like taking my carry on bag onto the plane and I've mm. keep trying to do it because it's like, Oh, it went so well the last time, which was mm-hmm. actually like four flights ago now. Uh, and three out of four times I've gotten gate checked <laughs> for, for various reasons. Oh, I don't I don't like the bag part of flying. It's annoying. Are you now? Are you an early boarder? Um, sometimes. So part one of one of my gate check mishaps was I was flying a different airline and I didn't realize that like the things I had purchased did not entitle me to board early. Uh and then one of them on the way to on the Milwaukee flight, I had an I got an extra legroom seat, which usually on JetBlue means you get to board early. But for whatever reason, I was not in the early boarding group. I was in like D or or something. So I got on the plane, and my seat was like pretty close to the front, and the the 
the bins were full, like, except for the very last row on the plane. So I was like, just, just take it away from me. But I might just go back to checking my my bag by default, you know? Well, there's this new, um, I will throw a, um, I'll throw it in Slack. There's this new app I can't, I really want to try my next flight. So I am a lunatic when it comes to like constantly checking, like, do I have the best seat? Can I move it? Like what boarding group am I in? Like I'm just a lunatic in general, but there's this app called expert flyer and it's an alert service for seats on your specific plane. So, so now they can't change it for you automatically, but it will, you can say, I want a window seat or I want to move up. Um, it'll also do it for like upgrades and awards if something becomes available um, and they send you a push alert immediately, your seat has become available um, or if the price drops on an upgrade seat or those sorts of things. Um, and that's exactly the kind of stupid thing uh, that I would get very excited for. Wow. Now, I, I guess my problem or my my uh, benefit is I often book flights super far in advance. So I usually have my pick of the economy seats. Uh, so is that you're not doing that? No, I am doing that. But what I found is that as the flight gets closer, if the air, I, I guess it depends on what airline you're flying. But a lot of them, they now have like multiple levels of buy better seats. So it's not even just going to first class or even economy premium. It's just like exit rows and things like that. Oh, yes. Where if they're not filling them, they will release them to or they'll lower the price ah, as the flight gets closer. And so to be the first one to jump on that, uh, and I've done that actually where I've just randomly checked and it's like, oh, shit, they released a couple seats farther up and I'll bump up. I see. I see. So. Nice totally the most unnecessary thing but i'm like i'm glad somebody <laughs> thought of this because it is a good idea oh um another speaking of flying and technology another thing is i decided to so i love the airpods max but the only problem with them is you cannot sleep with them or at least i can't because mm-hmm. a you can't lay on your side if you're oh also on the way out i had a whole row to myself because i think a bunch of people gave up on flying to iceland <laughs> so that was nice um but you certainly can't lie on your side if that's ever even a look, an option that you have the luxury of having. But at least for me, the um, neck pillow like pushes the headphones up, uh, and so I can't wear them then either. So I got the new AirPods Pro because my old ones have crackly, and they already got replaced once, and they got crackly and buzzy again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they still sometimes fall out of my ears. So I'm going to try to fix that and I'll report it back next week. But the actual noise canceling part is way better. I was skeptical. It's way better than the original AirPods Pro. And the adaptive thing is cool for flights because then you can hear when the captain makes an announcement about why they're going to Milwaukee. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, mm. I was I was sold on the AirPods Pro 2. Sick. Yeah, adaptive mode's awesome. That's cool. It isn't so... I was hoping that it would automatically go to like full noise canceling mode after like a timeout. That's what I, that's how I would like it to work. Like if you don't hear someone talking for 15 seconds or whatever, then go back to full noise canceling. But it doesn't seem to do that. It seems to always be at a lesser noise canceling mode because when I switch it to noise canceling, it 
the the engine noise goes down a noticeable amount. Do you have the what do they call it with the voice conversation awareness? Yes. Yeah. Should that I on? turn that off? I turned it off. Interesting. A, be, a because I talk to myself sometimes, and that would screw it up because <laughs> we'd think I was talking to somebody, and it would dim what I'm listening to. But I found it a little too overreactive, Dan. But I found it still did a good job of lowering the volume because it does it for any noise. It's just not listening for voices. I find it still does a good job with voices, but isn't as annoying. Hmm. So that that would be my suggestion. Okay, I will try that. Um, cool, excellent. Well, guys, why don't we uh, why don't we pivot on over to this week's topic of discussion? If you're up for it, let's do it. Um, I should have I should have queued up the uh, the the audio file. Are you ready for some football? Um. Guys, uh, last time we were together, uh, I set up, uh, it was my turn to pick a topic, and I set up a challenge for us all to participate in, a fan duel, uh, daily fantasy lineup, weekly challenge, something like that. That's a mouthful. Uh, and we used the uh, the fan duel, a fantasy app, no money was involved, and uh, I set up a small league, and for a couple weeks, each of us uh, put together a lineup of players. And competed against one another. Now, uh, before I get to the results, which may surprise you, um, we should talk about, uh, guys, how did you go about setting your lineups? And were you familiar with any, you know, doing anything like this before? Um, no, I've never done this. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. It was hard. I've, I've thought about doing it for Super Smash Brothers. There is like a oh wow not even it's not it's not on any of these apps right it's just like oh I don't even know if you can still do it people had like created a system for doing it at one point um, but I never did actually I think it was a little bit different I I think this was you would predict who would place where this is what it was it wasn't even really the same thing you would predict who would place in which placement at a tournament and the more things you got right the more points you got which is. Similar, but pretty different from what this was like, which, to be honest, I still don't really understand. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The the closest thing I've ever done to this is the movie draft, Sean. Yes. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot about that. It's like there's I guess there was less pomp and circumstance involved in this. this, uh, Yeah, this was a little a little a little smaller, a little more contained. Um. But certainly, certainly high action. So did you guys do any like research? Did you do any Googling? Did you have any strategy on who you were picking? Because you guys each had to set a lineup, right? It was a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense uh, each week. So I did the there was there's like a, a guru that helps you pick by like it'll present you with three people for each slot. And it says like this one's like uh, you know this person's really good or like this person's <laughs> like a bargain, you know. Uh, and that that's what I did. I just basically chose one at random or or like one like if I knew who if I recognized the name, I would choose that one. Um but it turns out I don't know very good football players, only bad pl- football players. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also saw that feature, Colby, which, 
which is kind of a cool, I think a growth hack, right? You don't even need to really know anything about football, which I actually know some things from football from going to uh, high school and college football games for eight years. Um, Mm. But only random tidbits. Uh, I certainly don't know anything about the football players Mm -hmm. of of today. Uh, But I had, I I formulated a strategy, which was spend a lot of money on the quarterback. uh, And then... Uh, <laughs> and then every time it said like, oh, this, this is a good matchup for this person, which I didn't entirely understand what that meant, but it sounded good. I was like, oh, I want someone who's a good matchup. And those things often, those players often cost less out of the three. I'd always go for one of those people when it said that. And then I just tried to min max the, the rest of it randomly. Uh, <laughs> And that was my strategy. <laughs> nice. That's that's hey, listen, respect. because uh, you know, you don't I, I should explain. I've done this every week of the football season. I think this is my fourth year doing it. Uh I'm not good at it. I do a whole bunch of research every week. I have multiple online tools I use where it will automatically compute different things to make sure you're maximizing your dollar amount. Um, say more. What are you researching? What are these computations? So let me I can actually throw up a screen share here and show you. So first of all, I just Google each week, like top fantasy line, you know, top DFS lineups for this week. I see. And there are lots of articles out there who will say, oh, this guy's going to do good this week. This guy isn't blah, 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 etc. Um, which is pretty helpful. But then so it's is... like the it's like a um, it's like what's that guy's name? The guy who screams about stocks on TV. Oh, it's uh, yeah, Mad Money. Jim Cramer. Jim, Jim Cramer. Yeah, basically. Exactly. His full time job is doing this. Yeah, wow. believe it or not, that's crazy. And then I, uh, this is a site called Fantasy Pros, um, which I use for um, my actual fantasy league, but they also do daily fantasy. <laughs> this is a thing. It's I'm a, invested. It's a who's who of science fiction of. Of science fiction, <laughs> <laughs> different kind of fantasy. Um, fantasy author trade magazine, fantasy pros. <laughs> uh, no, and by the way, I should mention my family pool is five dollars a week, and so I can you know times eighteen weeks, you can lose some decent money on this thing. So sure, I have to. But on here, you can see wow. it. It optimizes the lineup to max. Make sure you're using as much money. You can lock in players you know, hit optimize and it'll automatically compute it. And then what's cool is you, it's got multi lineups where with the click of a button, it'll generate a hundred different lineups. Multi lineup. <laughs> oh yeah. This thing's crazy. This thing's that uses the best supercomputers on planet earth. <laughs> um, quantum? Is you can see all quantum. <laughs> it, mm. It's, it's super quantum. In fact, oh, yeah. um, only universities have access to this kind of technology. And so it'll give you all <laughs> these different options um and that i use uh, every week how are you evaluating these options so by the way i want to point out uh this week i won the family pool for the first time all year nice so big week for me and the way i usually do it and i'm not saying anyone else should and this is not you guys we'll get to how you guys did you did pretty well doing it the way you did but basically what i'll do is i'll go on the blogs and see who they're recommending and i'll start like 
cherry picking a handful. So I'll be like, Lamar Jackson was huge this week. So I'll lock him in. I'll lock, you know, a couple different guys in. And then now, what I do is. But yeah. past performance does not indicate uh, future returns, right? Well, it's not, but it's, you're right. It's a combination of who are they playing? How have they been playing? Injury risk. Uh, is their receivers hurt? Um, if it's the running back, is their quarterback hurt? So they're going to run it more. It's also uh, value. Because, for example, uh, this week, Patrick Mahomes was the most expensive quarterback. Uh, and he was very expensive. He also got a lot of points, but it means you can't spend in other places. Interesting. Who determines these costs and how are they determined? It is determined by the operator of the, and by the way, the different, because there's FanDuel, there's DraftKings, there's a bunch of them. Each site determines their own cost. Interesting. And it's usually based, it's it's a, based on that projected points. And the projected points are based on some algorithm computation based on past performance and those sorts of things. You know, how are they against the, how's the, you know, a lot of this is when you read the sort of expert opinions, they'll say, you know, this defense is third worst in the league against preventing the run. That's why you should play the running back against them. You know, those sorts of things. Interesting. Now I noticed in your last slot here, it just says New York NYG. That's the New York defense. You get to pick an entire defense. Was I doing this? You weren't doing. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. But believe it or not, there actually is a version of fantasy for only true lunatics where you actually pick the individual defensive players, uh, which is truly crazy. But in most of them, you just pick the team defense. Okay. And yes, you were you were doing that. Um, I, I should look and see if in the app I can actually pull up the actual scores we got from a couple weeks ago. Um, now, I have, I have a question about what we were doing. <laughs> were, okay. <laughs> I mean, because because I did it the way I did it, I had very little, little interaction with like what you guys were doing. But like our. Yes. Um, like, could we pick the same people in our lineup like we could i see so it is just yeah so that's that's the difference with this daily fantasy versus traditional fantasy is all players are always available every week i mean unless they're out um and so you can pick all new players every week and you can pick the same that's kind of the fun of when it hits one o'clock and those games Mm -hmm. starts all the lineups become public and you can you can see see what uh, what people actually scored right that's cool. I did not think to like watch our lineups as the day was going on. <laughs> I, I I was watching intently, but I was in the app anyway. Um, mm. But I was watching. So I should. Would you guys like to hear how you guys did in case we've forgotten? So we there was only two weeks. All three of us played, which is which is plenty uh, for the sake of this experiment. And I will say just for reference, for those who don't know, I would say. Anything above 100 is a pretty good week. You know, and I would say and I will say we keep a record in our family league. The most points ever scored in a week in our family is 179. Wow. Um, And that's that's very hard to get. So if you're in that. I've also won weeks with 90, but that's rare. You want to get that one 120. You're, you're in good shape there. So in the first week, uh. I, uh, Colby came in last with 101, highly respectable score. 
I came in uh, second with 107, so I only beat you by six. Dan got 133 <laughs> and just totally smoked us. us out of the water. It was it was horrific. Then in week two, by the way, Colby came in third with 124 points. A great week. I only had 128, so I only beat him by four. And Dan put up 158. <laughs> Guys, I, I was showing this to my family. They were floored. I think I think this week my dad scored like a 70. Like, guys, these are not normal scores. I'm telling you, you are really good at this. It's, I think that you need guru. to be using the FanDuel Guru app. Well, that's the problem is I, I have used it. I, and I don't, maybe I, it, you know, it's the curse of knowing too, like I pay too much attention. So I want to like, like, oh, I read about this. So I don't want to pick. I should just like, just go with the machine. It's I always... This was going to be my next question. Like, you know how there are all these studies that show that the best, um, you know, asset managers at Goldman Sachs are statistically no better than a random than like picking stocks randomly. Have people done similar studies with fantasy football? Is it basically like the stock market where it is truly random and you're basically just guessing and no amount of knowledge is actually going to help you? I mean, we basically proved that this week. This was the study. <laughs> we just did it. Uh, no, I, I don't know if anyone's done it professionally, but I will say it is. And even in the more traditional side of fantasy, it, just from my experience, so many things. It's not like a casino bet where the odds are kind of obvious based on how the game is played. There's so many factors, even even something like an injury. I mean, right. can just happen out of nowhere to anybody and totally screw. So. I've actually read before there are people who like their full-time job is playing these and making money off of them. And the way that they do that, believe it or not, is playing in bulk. They will yeah. set hundreds and hundreds of lineups and statistically they hit enough of them to make a profit. It's not that they're good at doing one. So, yeah, that's how you'd have to. That's how people make lots of money in the stock market. Yeah. So I bet that is the case. <laughs> and maybe I think your curse of knowledge thing is probably right. Probably right, I, Sean. I am an over. I do that with my um, and actually I'm I'm not fully watching, but I do have tonight's football game in the corner of my eye on my other monitor here because in my head to head in my other league right now, I am ahead by eight points and he has one player playing. So if he scores more than eight more points, I lose. So I'm on the edge of my seat. But I do the same with my team where I over tinker and I'm always worrying like I got to be doing something when you should just relax and let it be. So I think I think you guys were very emblematic of that in your approach to our <laughs> our mini fantasy league. Very. What's very the relaxed. yeah, what's the what's the financial saying? It's basically like you never you only put money in the stock market. You never take money out. Something like that. Uh, I forget. There's a there's a pithy phrase for it. Well, um, I'm just glad we didn't play for money because I would have uh, lost it. So, um, definitely. But definitely it sounds like good. we all did well. No, which, so that's good. And mind you, I scored, like I said, I scored over 100 and then 120. I lost both those weeks. One of those weeks, we set the family record actually at 179. That's the other problem is you can have a great week. They just have a better week. Um so it's unfortunate. But yeah, honestly, I, I will say as somebody who knows about this stuff and again, no disrespect to you guys, uh, I was shocked at how uh, you really did a fantastic job. So feel good in that 
um, you know, you you might have a, an alternate bright future ahead of you in, in fantasy gambling. Well, that's good to know, know if maybe. I need to change careers. Yeah, I was going to say maybe it's the time for a pivot. <laughs> now, have you guys done any real sports gambling? No. No? No. I feel like I played a sports-themed slot machine once. That's it. That's not the same, but that's, you know, <laughs> uh, they knew, they now have uh, NFL slot machines, by the way. Did you know this? I um, <laughs> oh, More we have dance. two dance. Okay. <laughs> uh, now we have no dance. What the heck happened? We got a bonus stand for a second there, and now he's gone. Wow. That was yeah, I've got this issue. Dan has Riverside open in other tabs. Ask Dan to close all other browser tabs. Okay. Dang. What, what about you, Sean? Have you done any uh, sports gambling? Do you have a bookie? I have done sports gambling, and it's not to the point where it's a problem, but it is to the point where I'm like ready to take a break because I've been on a cold streak. Hello, Dan. Okay. I don't know what happened. <clears throat> I changed tabs to look at that. Uh, to to look at something and then i came back and it was like oh do you want to join the studio it's like but i still hear sean and colby <laughs> so i was like i guess yes and then i was in it twice somehow it was crazy sorry yes, about I, that no that's okay we i got a very nice warning of uh dan has two tabs open tell dan to close his other tab i don't even like i didn't i only closed the one tab that's the craziest thing I don't know how that happened. Uh, we were just uh, we were just talking about um, sports gambling. Colby asked if I had done any actual sport. I have. I do not every weekend, uh, and I've done other sports other than football too: basketball and hockey, golf. Um, I do put bets up every weekend. I did pull up my all-time uh, record because they legally have to track all that. Um, and uh, since I started, actually, it's been two years. I've put in a grand total of $100 and I have won a total of $1,559. Wow. Damn. Yep. That's pretty good, Sean. Yep. Not too. Can I uh, give you $100? <laughs> no. Well, well, first of all, I, I did win. I now have lost. That's just total one. I don't have all that money. Um, some of that I then lost. Those are total wins. I think I've. I think I've withdrawn like 750 of it and then probably lost another couple hundred of it. So I got to keep a pretty good chunk of it. Um, but it, I had a couple big scores. The Masters. I did really well on the Masters. Um, hmm. Golf? Golf. Yeah. I just just the right picks at the right time. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's different. Um, but you got to know some things about some things, I guess, uh, or get really lucky. I've, this is my advice to you guys is you should do it. Cause clearly you got some kind of knowledge going on. Well, clearly we don't. <laughs> well, I don't know. Colby does. Maybe Colby. You still, I see you watching the football. You used to watch the football. I know. I don't know if you still do. The Patriots are pretty bad now. So not really. There's not a lot right. of there's not a lot of motivation to uh, <laughs> to keep up with it, though they did win this weekend. Shockingly, um, they did. They beat the the Bills, and uh, no, Colby Colby is watching uh, the championship series. He he is all about baseball right now. 
October baseball playoffs head to the World Series. Colby is in. Colby, who, who are you rooting for in these World Series? Uh, the Oklahoma Banjos. Nope. <laughs> no, 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 no. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nope. Wrong sport. Uh, <laughs> okay. At least you named a real team, so I, I will give you that. I just you know, what was the one we saw? The the Houston Astros. The Houston Astros, Dan, funny you mentioned that, are in the process of being eliminated as we speak. It's Damn. game seven, and they are down eight to two. But they're also huge cheaters. So Right, uh, as we know. We saw that firsthand. We went to that and we were like, this is an illegitimate win. We we that, were not clapping. Like you're you're but that was the year they won the World Series and did all the cheating. Right. So they were right. doing it while we were there, amazingly. Right. We we witnessed history. And they lost the game we were at. So I guess <laughs> oh, they, they did. I forgot about they, that. I they, just remember the train. Well, that was that year they didn't lose that many games, and we just happened to be at one of like the dozen games they lost. Um, go figure. Wow. Well, that uh, wraps up our fantasy adventures. Thank you guys for being a good sport about the uh, the challenge there. I hope it was a little bit enlightening. Uh, pun not intended. Um, just so happens. Uh, the exciting news, though, is now it is Dan's turn to bring a topic. Uh oh. I don't he's have gonna have to right think. I was about to say, yeah. it sounds like he's gonna have to think about it. But yeah. uh, but you you got a little time. Got a little time. You're on the clock now. Uh, is there okay. uh, anything else you guys would like to uh, to say or do before we wrap up this evening? No. Very I'm fair. I'm gonna put in an aggressive plug aggressive. for up for debate. Here's why. Uh, we just posted last week, we read our summer uh, book club books. Uh, by the way, I, three out of three would recommend if you guys are looking for something to read, um, check out that episode. But being published this week, guys, we're doing a tier ranking. I was inspired by our uh, years of tech history tier ranking we did. Um, are you guys frozen? <laughs> I don't feel for it. Nope. No. Are you coming back to me? You were a little uh, in and out for a second there. Okay. All right. I'm going to. All right. I'm going to try this again. Here we go. Being published this week, guys, we're doing tier rankings. I was inspired, Dan, by your uh, years of tech history tier rankings. And but we are tier ranking a topic only up for debate could handle. Sandwiches. So uh, we are we've got uh, halfway through on this first episode and then this week we're going to tape the second half. Uh, but so far we've ranked uh, grilled cheese, uh, po' boy, lobster roll, uh, chicken <laughs> fried chicken sandwich. And listen, I'm just going to be super upfront with everybody. The answers uh -huh. will surprise you. <laughs> uh and so this is not the uh, long-awaited soup apology tour that we've, that we've been waiting for? <laughs> I will say, I at least am trying very hard to make this at least plausible in the results. Matt is not helping. <laughs> I, I will warn you, so what it is is apparently there's like a list of like 40 standard sandwiches called the Encyclopedia of Sandwiches, and that's what this <laughs> list is based on. I didn't make this up. It's a real thing. Mm. We've already had to add a new category called not a sandwich that we put one of the sandwiches in because we don't think it's a sandwich. That's how badly we're doing this. 
Um, and the other exciting part is the website. There's a, like a tier ranking website that has a bunch of pre-made ones and stuff. They also have like the average of everybody who's ever taken them. So we actually know what America in general feels it is. And we're going to compare them against it. Um, and Matt and I get really deep on some sandwiches. We learned about sandwiches we didn't even know about. So I definitely recommend people check that out at Up for Debate, upfordebate.tv. Uh, check out the show. It's a lot of fun. Um, we actually debate. So what a treat. Uh, as far as this show goes, uh, guys, don't panic that I always our fantastic website. You should definitely go there and check it out, uh, including this and all our past episodes. Um, the audio, the video, the whole nine yards will be there. Of course, subscribe wherever you get podcasts and check out the video version on YouTube. You can see our beautiful tired faces every Monday evening. Uh, and, uh, cause why we do this on Monday nights continues to baffle me, but God damn it. It's a tradition. Um, and of course, uh, make sure you get a hold of us. Don't panic show at gmail.com. And I'm going to stop promoting our Twitter because that's a gross website run by a bad man. Uh, but we got to end it here. So on behalf of Dan and Colby, I'm Sean. We appreciate being here. We're going to see you next time for another great episode of Don't Panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production. Executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.